Welcome in to the From the Loop podcast. We are back here recording live at the Radio DePaul Sports Studio. And guess where it's at? It's in the loop. In the loop. From the loop. In the loop. I'm at, whoa, I was going to say, I'm at Mellon Center. I'm Tim Stebbins. <laughs> I think it's because I'm used to you doing the intros. I'm Tim Stebbins with Matt Mellon Center. Hey. How's it doing? Uh, it's doing good. <laughs> I had a, a Harold six wing dinner today. Boneless or no? No. Are you kidding me? People really you can, you, they don't like boneless. You can't get boneless wings at Harold's. It's impossible? I don't think they have them. It's like, it, Harold's like a real chicken shack. I, I had it the work mild the other sauce? day. I, the mild's good. It's like barbecue ketchup and some other ingredient. I can't remember what it is. Uh, secret. They don't, they don't let you know. It's like, <laughs> uh, it's a little hot sauce. It's a little brown sugar. Maybe a little honey. Then give me enough. I'm not going to lie. It, it was so good, but it was, I, maybe I should have asked for some on the side. Yeah, you got it. The mild sauce is a it's it's liquid gold, baby. Harold's mild sauce is liquid gold. Reminds um, me of like the Chick Fil A sauce. It's like one of those things that yeah I could yeah you can just anything. I could just drink it out of a bottle. <laughs> you just fill up my water bottle with Harold's mild, bro. It's gone. Um, All right, Tim, you got a key for the week? Let's explain the podcast. We made some upgrades. Scott Viberman, our yeah. great faculty advisor, he said you know for your podcast, try to shake it up a little bit. So. We do our, our key to the week where we our key for the week where we discuss the uh, most prominent story in sports that we think is relevant. Then we do four things you need to know, four other subtopics that are important. But we're adding a new fun segment every week. It's going to be rotating as of now, we believe. Uh, this week, shot or no shot. Yeah. We'll get into that in a second, but it is what self-explanatory. Yeah, no, it's it's a yes or no kind of game. It's it's <laughs> do you, do, Does it have a shot or does it have no shot? I'm all about games. I love yeah. games. Um, our key for the week, though, MLB and the Players Union, they met on January 14th uh, to discuss potential rule changes for mm-hmm. baseball. Uh, big rule changes with that. There's a bunch of them. I think maybe it's worth just starting with running them down and then talking about the relevancy of the more important ones. Okay, so three batter minimum for pitchers. So if starting if you start a game, you have to pitch at least three. If you're a reliever, you can't only throw to one guy and then come out. Uh, nationally getting the designated hitter, only one trade deadline rather than, and this would be before the All-Star game, rather than a July 31st one, and then a waiver trade deadline on August 31st, which means if you pass through waivers, you can be traded, which makes the first deadline Not, obsolete. Yeah. Um, a 20-second pitch clock. Uh, rosters would be 26 players instead of 25, but only 12 pitchers maximum. If you're a winning team, you get draft advantages and penalties if you're a losing team. They're going to study lowering the mound height and a rule that would allow two-sport amateurs, i.e. Kyler Murray rule, to sign major league contracts rather than amateur contracts so they can get big money right away. Um, what stands out to you from all of these right away? I think <clears throat> I think the three-batter minimum is kind of the most uh, abrasive to me, um, along with the draft advantages one. Um, but I think the, the Kyler Murray rule is the most interesting. Um, th- I think that would have like immediate effects. Uh, on one man named Kyler Murray, <laughs> I think that's the goal of it. Is right. is is get Kyler Murray in the MLB ASAP. It, it reminds me of this really bad comparison, but NBA made the Rose Rule in mm-hmm. 2011 uh, when after Rose had an MVP on his resume, a couple All Star appearances. They made a rule where if you have certain accolades like that, your contract can be a certain amount of the team's salary cap. And this reminds me of that because. 
it was very specific to one player, and that's what this rule is, as you said, because they want Kyler Murray in MLB to be able to market a player like him, mm-hmm. and that would help presumably generate interest in baseball with this hot young name. This superstar. Yeah. This, like, college football superstar who's also, like, in 80 on everything on the draft scale. Like, people are... People think, like, like Kyler Murray's, like, an insane baseball talent. At five foot nine and, like, 185 pounds, he's, like, a game-breaking type of player who's been compared to, like, Ricky Henderson with the ability to have power. Like, he's off the charts. He's off the charts, and... Obviously, like you said, Heisman Trophy winner, who is going to be a first-round NFL pick, whether he decides to wind up playing baseball again or not, which I yeah. think at this point he is going to the Combine that came out on Thursday, February 7th. Yeah. So the fact that that's official, you kind of see where he's leaning. Yeah. Um, and if he does go pro to NFL, he would just give back a $5 million signing bonus to the Oakland A's who drafted him in exchange for – Whatever big NFL contract he'll get right away. Yeah, like fifteen million or something. I think it is. Something. I mean, depends on his draft position. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I I think this rule would be good because I I think it could lead to potentially shaping up MLB free agency. Yeah. Where through, you have to be three years ma- um minimum of service time before hitting arbitration, and then you stay in arbitration for about three or four years. Then you finally hit free agency. It's like seven years after you hit the major leagues for the first time, correct? Yeah, guys don't hit major leagues. Twenty six. No, yeah, some guys twenty. I mean, the soonest you think, twenty one. Yeah, but most guys twenty three, twenty four. Pitchers are always later, so we see guys getting to their thirties, and that's the first time they're hitting real free agency. Mm-hmm. And NHL, NBA, after four years, you go to a restricted one where you can sign with any team, but the team who holds your rights could match it. NFL is four or five in some cases. Mm-hmm. Is it? for hitting free agency for yeah. the first time. Yeah. I think this could lead to good rules. I think baseball, the way it's going now, they're they're definitely shifting it, and more less veterans are getting contracts. Mm-hmm. Less guys are getting signed. So if this Kyler Murray rule, I could see it shaping free agency. And, okay, if a guy out of college is getting a big contract, guys are going to be probably pissed off by that in the pros. Why is he getting a bigger contract than I am? That'll get – labor issues they'll switch the rules in baseball to be like yeah. nhl or nba yeah the the mlb kind of lags a bit behind of like the the player agency that is allowed to players in the nba like in the nba we've seen it a lot over this kind of trade deadline uh with guys trying to force trades we, i mean we saw it with jimmy butler uh we tried to see it with K- <laughs> with anthony davis and lebron james and rich paul and clutch sports and everything um but it, it's kind of a, a level of, of player agency and player freedom that we don't really see in the MLB. And maybe MLB doesn't want players to have so much power as they do in other ding, leagues. Ding, ding. Which is, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. you got it. <laughs> you nailed it. What's that? The billionaire owners don't want the players to have a lot of freedom? Whoa! They made $10 billion MLB in revenue last year. Yeah. So, yeah, Good you, money. You got it. You're right on point. <laughs> yeah. uh, baseball players do take longer to get pro-ready, quote-unquote, but I wonder if you started throwing 19, 20-year-olds out there, how the paradigm would shift to, yeah, if you give them chances, maybe they will be able to handle it. Yeah. Like, it would be an, a weird evolution, I feel like, mm-hmm. where, yes, human 19-year-olds who are talented baseball players, just like how an NBA player is 19 has to go against LeBron, yeah. a baseball player can go up and get a hit off Max Scherzer, maybe. Yeah. It would just – you have to give them a, char- a chance, I feel like. Yeah. Um, other rules – the three better minimum, I think, is done because it could be exposed. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's terrible. 
because yeah, if, if, and it if, ruins a huge chunk of this the strategy of of how a bullpen is utilized. Yep, and they're talking about pace of play. They they want less bullpen changes, but okay, obviously people would, they would expose the rule. Oh, he's hurt. He has to come out, and obviously there's probably going to be a rule. If you have to exit the game because of injury, you have to sit out a certain amount of games or go to the DL, yeah. which is now called the injured list. They changed it today. Weird. First time in like 60 years. Um, but I don't like it. Yeah, like you shouldn't have to stay in for three batters because what if you're, you're struggling? You only have like a finite amount of pitching changes anyways. Yeah. Like you only have so many pitchers on the roster. It, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Another rule they said um, – like we said, the 12 on the roster, if all of a sudden guys have to stay in, maybe that would help that 12 pitchers maximum. But I don't like having – there's such rigid rules here. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really like the idea of, of defining how a team can construct its roster like that. Yep, yep. I, 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 we've seen some teams have success with these bigger bullpens and these, these kind of specialized guys who who come in for one or two batters and only throw against lefties and only throw against righties or right. that kind of situation. I think it would ruin a huge chug of strategy in the game of baseball. Imagine game of baseball is like chess with human beings. Like yeah. I don't wanna I don't wanna mess any of that up. One rule that someone proposed like randomly, not MLB or MLP uh, MLBPA, this would never happen. But getting rid of mound visits. Okay, what sport does a coach randomly get to walk in the field, interrupt play and talk strategy? Uh, well, there's not timeouts in baseball. That's true. There's is, there's is, like, changes. Normally, like a coach calls a timeout, and they say, "Wait, hold on, timeout. We're gonna get a substitution, and I gotta talk. We gotta change the play." Like in basketball, you call a timeout, you drop your sideline play, you make your substitutions, you go. Like a mound visit is a time for a coach to call a timeout, go out, m- make a switch in the outfield, realign the team, yeah. change the pitcher. Or keep the pitcher on the mound and tell them, "Here's what you're throwing. You're starting off with a fastball. You're going curveball down low. Like you can do strategy in the same vein that football and basketball get timeouts. And baseball is less fast paced than those sports, yeah. so that's kind of why the mound visit's a thing. Because, yeah, the mound visit is interrupting the game, but the game it's not like the game interrupts itself. Exactly, <laughs> like you're the right, game exactly. is so slow it interrupts itself. It's no different. It would be obviously if. If all if let's say mound visits were a thing in football, and there's a mid play, the guys running down the field, timeout, timeout. They, you know, what I'm talking about. They, yeah, that would make that would be weird. Yeah, it's that's a different game in baseball. Like you said it's it's a, it's a time on its own. Right. And and there's already the restrictions of like on the second mound visit in an inning, you have to change the pitcher. Yeah. and stuff like I think that's enough. Like it's mm-hmm. we've the baseball has like protections to how long a mound visit can be, how many mound visits you get. I th- I think the eradication of mound visits would be a uh, bonkers idea. That would be that would be almost worse than making a pitcher get hung out to dry and <laughs> face three batters yeah. minimum. Yeah, be struggling. You have to keep him out there. Oh, and well. then you don't. You your coach can't go out and say, "Hey, what's up? Yeah, sorry about this. Sorry about the rules. Like, you gotta stay in and face these guys. You're not made to face." It would be that rule on steroids to be like, "Oh, I really need to say something to that guy out there." You're I, shouting from the dugout. Yeah, that's what it would be, and that. It would be similar, yeah. Um, <laughs> it would be similar. The only good rule I like is the designated hitter in the yeah, National I, League. I, I, we're ready for that. Pitchers hit 115 last year and 4,000, I believe, 500 bats or so, and they had an OPS of 290. Yeah. <laughs> like, Who, uh, no one wants to see that. No one. It gives, the, it gives the NL a disadvantage. Oh, totally. And then AL pitchers are compared on a worse, like an unfair yeah. scale almost. Yeah. 
they have to face an extra 30 home run guy every game. Yeah. Also, NL would get 15 more jobs per team, so that would that's something that's beneficial for how we're not getting people signed right now. Yeah. That would be a good move. That would be nice. Um, four things you need to know. Let's stay on the baseball train. Why are Bryce Harper and Manny Machado still unsigned? Is it in your mind they want more money than they're getting offered because this shift in free agency where p- people aren't signing? Or yeah, th- that's it. That's what I think. Yeah, I think they were expecting like five hundred million dollars. I think they were trying to push that four hundred to five million dollars, four hundred to five hundred million dollars range, and they're not really getting anything in that uh, area. At what point, though? I think today is day one hundred and two or three of free agency. Yeah. At what point do these guys say, all right, there's only about three or four teams seriously on each of us that would give us big money, even though it's not as big as what you were just talking about with the four to 500. At what point do they say, hey, I'm Manny Machado. He clearly wants to go to the Yankees if he hasn't signed by now. That's the rumor out there that that's kind of the holdup. He's he's Yankee dreaming. At what point do you go to the Yankees and say, I would take a one-year deal from you for $30 million. Would you give me that? Uh, I think they're going to go to a gap year before they sign a one-year contract. What would a gap year be? Like a Le'Veon Bell holdout type You think thing. they wouldn't play? I, I think they wouldn't play before wow. they before they go for just a single-year contract. Because I think what they're trying to do is lock down, is get that money for the next 10 years, is like set themselves up for the rest of their lives. And the families for a, the rest of their lives. A one-year deal, like you see it in the NFL, like Earl Thomas broke his leg. He's not getting re-signed. Like he's not getting that money anymore. If Manny Machado like throws out his shoulder, has to get Tommy John or something, like his contract value at coming back from that is gonna be a lot lower. So I think they would rather sit out a year than sign like a, a half of what they want type of deal, like a, a, a one year or a, a smaller money amount deal. I can see that too because even if you take a one year, there's no guarantee that anything's gonna be different next year. Yeah. Free agency, it's gonna it, be the same. Poop it could show. even be it, it, even if you don't get hurt, if you have an off season, if you oh, yeah. struggle, your value tanked. That's your, it. Your one year value could get tanked, let alone your yeah. your value that's already yeah. not there. So I, I I think they would prefer to not even sign anything. This is gonna come down to play. this changing because there's like you said, $10 billion MLB revenue. Yeah. The only thing that's going to change this stupid thing that's going on where teams aren't signing these guys, it's going to take labor uh, disputes. Yeah. It's going to take something big like that, not just a strike. Uh, Please sign me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number two, four things you need to know. Eastern Conference powerhouse moves today. Yeah. Marcus All traded from the Memphis Grizz- Grizzlies. Grizzlies, wow. I was going to say Griffles. Grizzlies <laughs> to the Toronto Raptors. The Memphis Griffins. Griffins. <laughs> uh, Tobias Harris to the Philly 76ers from the LA Clippers. Pelicans traded Nico Miritich to the Bucks. Who's the East favorite after the trade deadline? Because those teams are, it's Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston at the top of the East standings right now. Yeah, I think it's Milwaukee. I think, I think Giannis is... is if not, if it's not James Harden, it's it's Giannis for MVP. Um, that the Bucks, every the Bucks are built so well. Like Eric Bledsoe fits on that team so well. Giannis fits on that team so well. It, adding Nico Miritich to this mix, um, really, it, what it's going to do is open up the lane for more drives from Giannis and Bledsoe. What it does is it spreads the defense out. Nico's. Look, Nico's not going to drive to the hoop. Nico's going to stand outside. He He could. could. He's going to stand outside and bombs away, (laughs) baby. And that's going to open up a ton of space for Giannis to get to the hoop on his one dribble 
one step from half court type of move. And for Eric Bledsoe to blow by and, and elevate. Nico Miritz will shoot from way downtown. Yeah, he, Nico, Nico will stand out, he'll stand out at 35 feet and shoot. What's their ideal roster, though? Because Bledsoe's point guard, Brogdon's shooting guard, Milton's a three, Giannis and Nico are fours, and Lopez is a five. Is he going to be coming off the bench? I, I think he comes off the bench. Okay. Yeah. First guy off the bench, maybe? Yeah, I think he's sixth man off the bench. Um, Probably replacing Chris Middleton, I think, and Giannis moves down to the three. I would think I think I like Milwaukee's starting lineup. I think if Philly, if Jimmy Butler learned to be less of a diva and play sure. within a team and not yeah. ISO ball Jimmy, yeah, I think Philly would be interesting with uh, Simmons, JJ Redick, Butler, Harris, and Embiid. Yeah, I think the Celtics are at some point. We didn't mention the Celtics. Sorry about that. Um, no, they're they're uh, the Celtics are out of it. Celtics are way high in the standings after we talk about this though. They're they're five and a half behind Milwaukee for first, but they're they're in third. They don't have a chance. With these moves, the Celtics don't have a chance. I think if, if they would have to start playing up to their ability, which all year they've kind of they what it. we thought they would be. Yeah. Um, and then Marcus Altorano, that's an interesting one. I don't know. I mean, he's he's an aging center. I don't think a center is gonna. I don't. I don't think that's as as groundbreaking as is the Nico to the Bucks thing. Like I, Mark, one. I think Marcus Alt was. Along with Tobias, I guess maybe the best player traded. I think I think Marcus Alt's better than Nico. But I don't think it moves the needle enough with Toronto. All right. More NBA. Kevin Durant continues to be a pouty man. Um, sure. Always likes to be angry and show that he's angry. Uh, basically went off on the media last night. He hadn't spoken to the media in eight days. And he finally probably was pushed this way to speak to them. And basically his whole thing was, why do I have to talk to you guys? I'm the most powerful person here. You know, Yeah. Why, why do I have to talk to you? And they were trying to ask him questions like, well, you haven't talked to us in eight days. He's like, I don't trust the media. And at the end of the interview, after he called out a specific reporter, someone asked yeah. him, okay, how do you think you guys have been playing? He's like, you don't really care about that. And the guy's like, well, I just asked you. He's like, have a good night. Fair or foul? I think Kevin Durant not talking to the media, totally fair. I don't think he should have to. If he doesn't want to, he doesn't have to. I'm also fine with him calling out people by name. Like that's fair. Ethan Strauss wrote, wrote a dumb article. The whole have you read the article that Dang. you read? It's about he thinks that Kevin Durant had a thought about the like it's it's not based in anything. He doesn't have a source. It's just what he thinks that Kevin Durant thinks. See, I thought like, there was a source, but nah. not, I didn't read that article. But I thought based on their editor in chief, the Athletic, uh, I think it's Bay Area or not, if not Cali, they they uh. They said we back him and his reporting. Maybe that's what they said. Not his sources, his reporting. Yeah, no, it. it I don't think he had a source. Like I, I, it was just like an idea that he had. Like I, it was bonkers that he would write that article and that it would get published. I think Katie's totally right to call it out. I don't think that he should have responded that that way to the second guy. He was like, "How you guys been playing lately? What are your thoughts on the team?" Because I'm like, you're getting the questions that you want to get now. You're not getting asked about the Knicks. You're not getting asked about. All these hypotheticals that somebody thought up in a in a room somewhere, like you're getting asked a legitimate question about what you want to be asked about. Because this whole thing, he's like, I just want to play basketball. That was like his big part of this rant. And now you're getting asked about basketball, and you're not interested in answering about it. Every player also has a media obligation, especially someone his stature. To yeah. they have to speak to him after games, not after practice. No, yeah. So he went eight days. So obviously that was their first thing. He's like, they're like, what's been going on? He's like. I don't want to, I don't have to talk to you. So that's that's my issue is more like 
yeah, the Strauss thing could have made you mad, but saying, I don't have to talk to you, actually, that's that's not true whatsoever. Yeah. And then when they finally are trying to ask you legit questions, how have you guys been playing? Which is interesting because they got DeMarcus Cousins is healthy. So it's an interesting time to ask that. Like, how have you yeah. been playing together? That's a, that's a great time for him to be like, oh, the chemistry's still below. doing this. Like, yeah. We've been making this kind of adjustment with Boogie back. Like, there, there's a lot of, like, even a cliche Basketball answer. specifics that I would love to hear answering that question. Mm-hmm. And we said. got none of it. We got uh, good night. Yeah, you, you, you don't want to know that. That's that's dumb. Um, like, yeah, I, we, I do. I do want to know that. And he said, I have nothing to do with the Knicks. Okay, so if he winds up going to the Knicks this summer, his image is going to get tarnished <laughs> even more. <laughs> it, 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 I think, A, I, I think he will go to the Knicks. Like, I... I think his agent's based out of New York. Yeah, like it'll be funny if he goes to the Knicks. It'll be like that. I had nothing to do with Russia stuff. Trump been talking like, <laughs> like I, I don't trust that he doesn't have anything to do with the Knicks. Like I, I get the, I, I know that I'm totally contradicting myself with being like I think it's cool that he calls out Ethan Strauss for Ethan Strauss. What's well, cool because having a he, thought. he hasn't said anything about it, so it's like the article. Obviously, you can yeah. you can call it out for being like. Hey, I'm not on the Knicks, but like if he winds up going there, obviously. Yeah. Also, you're on a one year deal every year. We talked about how like yeah, you know M- NBA players run the NBA, not the owners. He's on one year deals every year. There's always going to be speculation. Mm-hmm. If you don't want that, sign longer. Sign deals. a long time. Sign a long term deal. It's been three years running now. Yeah. Will he stay? Will he go? And it's 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 clouding the Warriors, kind of what they've been doing after their titles. It's always well, will KD stay? It's like who cares? Your team is good without him anyway. Yeah. Team, team will still be the championship favorite without KD. Exactly. KD's not KD's a game changing player. KD's not the type of guy that like will carry a team to the finals. Like I, I, I think KD needs somebody else on that team. I like to see him try with the Knicks though. Yeah. Good <laughs> luck with the Knicks. I don't think I don't think they'll go anywhere. They have no one else. Um. All right. Off that, we talked about Rich Paul earlier. Uh. This came out. Brian Windhorst said, "I he basically said this. That's that's what happened. Yeah. The Pelicans apparently only were there was negotiations, quote unquote, about Anthony Davis going yeah. to the Lakers. That the Pelicans people were, were purposely leaking to get back at LeBron and Rich Paul, his agent, for trying to go behind their back and get AD to LA. Mm-hmm. So, have we ever seen something like that so dramatic in the NBA? Not that I can like recall. Not not." anything like recently like that's like some scheming political like stuff like that's like some stuff that would come out of like a Aaron Sorkin political drama <laughs> like it, uh, it's crazy that they did that like just to according to Windhorse like just to tank the Lakers chemistry yeah purely to be like to get back at them for what they see as tampering is is to wreck the confidence in their young players, destroy any loyalty that these players would have to the Lakers going forward <laughs> if they can't trade him. Because now the Lakers are stuck with him. Like, the Pelicans aren't going to make that trade. They're not making that trade in they the summer. They never were, yeah. They never were. They're not going to trade with the Lakers. He, I I think it's it's a, uh, <laughs> a power play. That's evil. By the, <laughs> evil. Pure evil by the New Orleans Pelicans, and I love it. Eve, I can imagine I Alvin Gentry it. with the... <laughs> Scheming in his office, yeah. like yes, we're rubbing his hands together. Yeah. There's a photo circulating around with LeBron sitting at the end of the bench, and three seats between him and the rest of the team. Yeah. Even like a veteran with Tyson Chandler in there, yeah. not sitting next to LeBron, and that's kind of why LeBron wanted Chandler to come to LA. Yeah, so that's uh, interesting. Yeah. All right, shot or no shot, our new fun segment. We're gonna run them off even quicker than our four things to know that 
always go not quick because sure, we're sure. talkers. Um, I know how you're going to answer this one. Do the Celtics still have a chance to win the Eastern Conference no this year? Shot. No, no shot. No shot at all. Any quick explaining you want to do? Uh, Look at the Bucks. Oh, okay. I say they do have a shot, but they have to figure out how to use Gordon Hayward fast because that's been a nightmare. Will Bryce Harper and Manny Machado – I almost said Bryce Machado. Will Bryce Harper and Manny Machado – Let's do it and or. One of them signed by the next time we record. No shot. I say no shot either. At this no point, shot. you have to assume it's going to be spring training. Yeah. Um, last but not least, Super Bowl was last week. Tom Brady won number six. Will he win another Super Bowl? Absolutely, there's a shot. I think there's a shot. <laughs> Absolutely. As long as Bill Belichick's head coach of the Patriots, Tom Brady will win. A, Tom Brady could be 65. If Bel- Bill Belichick is still the head coach of the Patriots, they will win a championship. We saw, I mean, yeah, like we. Belichick's defensive scheming that that's he's held all, the Rams to three points. The Patriots basically don't need to play offense. Like, yeah. Tom Brady has not been good. He's, first, first throw is terrible. Yeah, he's not good anymore. He's old. He does not have an arm. <laughs> he just knows how to make decisions, which is all you need to know in a Bill Belichick system. Like, the players, everyone's being coordinated to be within Tom Brady's 20-yard Radius that he can throw a football. Everyone's going to be open within 20 yards, and Tom Brady's going to know where to deliver that football. A Bill Belichick defense will shut down even the most prolific offenses purely through scouting and game planning and scheming. They don't even they they can have Brian Hoyer at quarterback. It doesn't matter. They're going to win the Super Bowl. They went 11 to five with Jimmy. Cla- or, uh, they Matt could get, they could go 11 to five with Jimmy Clausen. <laughs> they could bring Jimmy Clausen back out of retirement. Go 11 to five. I would be interested to see. How the Saints had played in that game with a Drew Brees rather than a Jared Goff, yeah. but that's another realm. Yeah, they wouldn't have been world. able to run that zone. Like Drew Brees knows how to beat a zone. Jared Goff looked like he was lost against the zone. Also, Todd Gurley is clearly hurt and didn't get carries, and Camara wouldn't have been hurt. So that was a little bit of disappointment. Um, all right, that was our winner debut from the Loop podcast. Matt Melmser and Tim Stebbins. And hopefully Anthony Davis enjoys Bourbon Street for the rest of the season because that's where he'll be. Yeah.